talking about music and whatever crazy shit that we want to talk about on the way so thanks for being here for the journey we're excited about today's episode we have a special topic um one of the biggest singers of the 21st i was like wait how does centuries work again what century is this of the 21st century the legendary Amy Winehouse. She's a big deal, and I didn't realize like when she died how big of a deal she was because I was young. Yeah. So I don't. That's what a great way to start. What an uplifting way to start the podcast. <laughs> um, no, we should talk about better things, earlier times. Oh, okay. when Amy was alive and, and kicking it <laughs> and kicking it. Well, what her dad. Her dad really loved who everybody loves. Old Blue Eyes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody, who who don't love that guy? Don't tell me. Frankie. <laughs> yeah. The way I understood it, she was born in London somewhere, like outskirts of London, and yeah. like I don't know. I guess she just always liked music. Like the way I heard it, like her grandpa would always be singing Sinatra songs yeah. to her, and like she would be in school singing Sinatra songs and shit. Yeah. Like after a while, like her dad would be singing the songs and stuff and he would leave out a word and I mean or a sentence and then she would fill it in and stuff so they uh, became like a tiny little duet in the house that's basically where her uh, showbiz stuff kind of started that's adorable very cute yeah I could I could see that me too because I mean I've seen pictures of her as a little tot and like you know her parents used to go all out with like the Minnie Mouse costumes and stuff <laughs> so you know she was a little sprite from the beginning and I think that's cute so she got, I don't know, I guess she was just always into music. Music was always around. I know she went to like a music school or like yes. an art school or whatever. Yeah. And then there's like a rumor that like she got kicked out of one school because she like pierced her nose or some shit. <laughs> but then they, they had an interview with the person at the school and she was like, that never happened. Yeah. You never would have kicked out Amy. But that sounded like something you would say after the fact. After the fact. I mean, well, she didn't seem like a very rebellious child. Like she didn't, uh, there was nothing that really seemed like she was that far out of the ordinary. You know, she was just a young child and an artist. Like, you know, Yeah. I don't think there was anything too crazy. You know, in a way, she kind of reminds me of like a Tupac. It's like the damage didn't come until the fame. Like you, you weren't really... Hmm. like that like you know what i mean right like she was very anti-drugs like hard against it you know except weed right and alcohol well right? i mean but yeah. not to not to like a level of alcoholism yeah but you she know drank what I mean? yeah she drank yeah you know what i mean and like i just feel like she she was against being like a hardcore like druggy like she didn't find that cool yeah. or cute like you know at all like she was and if you see her like in high school and even when even her first album yeah you know what i mean she looks wholesome she looks clean like mm. there's no issue there you know right because that was before she she had that husband yes yeah okay so we'll get to that we're getting we ahead of ourselves yeah but yeah so i don't know she, she got signed when she was super young she was like still a teenager yes right and the way that i heard it is that they they tried to like keep her a secret like the record label tried to like keep her a secret. Uh-huh. It'd be like, who wrote that song? Like, don't worry about it. Like, cause they didn't want her to be like, I guess like, I guess they didn't want people to try to poach her from the label or something. Yeah. And people definitely would have, because she, she was getting a lot of like, um, 
notoriety at the jazz club that she was singing at. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, she yeah. was singing it for a while and people really loved her and she really thought of herself as a jazz singer and she wanted to emulate like the Dinah Washington's, like mm-hmm. all the people like who, you know, started that sound and boy, did she ever like, you know what I mean? Like she really, really was able to like master that sound. So I could see why they were um trying to keep her under wraps. Like I just watched a video um about when she came to New York yeah, and they showed like actual footage from back then. And it's just a whole bunch of people interested in soul music and stuff like that. They was like, yo, I told my friends about her. I put my friends on. So nobody heard of her before. Like yeah. she was like a best kept secret. Yeah, well, that's the thing that's really interesting, and that's why, like, what you were saying is, like, uh, some of the the craziness came with the fame. Yeah. Because the way that it happened, like, she put out her first album, which it was called Frank. Yeah. So shout out to Frank again. <laughs> hey, could have been a different Frank. I don't know. But for the purpose of this, <laughs> no, it was definitely Sinatra. It was. It all was, right? Though. Everybody knows. <laughs> but that that album, like, I think it was probably, it was, like, pretty big in, like, the UK. But it wasn't, like, a worldwide yeah. thing. It was kind of, like, a thing, like, people that really listened to music would have known who she was. Yeah. But, like... This is the weird thing that I've noticed as time goes on just in life. Everybody wants to say that they're into music, but very few people are actually like into music. Yeah, most you people know? are into trends. Yeah, most people they'll listen to like whatever's on the, the top playlist or yes. the top 20, top 40 or whatever. Right. But as far as people that are actually like digging into music, trying to find new artists, like learning about artists that they like, that's not nearly as many people as like the the public like the mass public yeah there are only a few everybody's not supposed to be an artist and that's fine yeah yeah so it's like she was probably known after the first album for like like artists like i've seen now it's like a lot of a lot of singers that came after her like like adele and lady gaga were like oh that first album was really what did it for me listen i have i must say that first album to me is better than her other albums. It's it's better than the big Amy Winehouse with the Beehive and stuff. That song about her boyfriend, like he kind of doesn't he's he's not doesn't love her right, and he's not being the man he's like supposed. The way she sings on that song, like that's uh effing amazing. Like that is better than reha- any of those songs to me. Yeah. To me personally. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like she. Well, we said this in one of our videos when we acted to we reacted to one of her songs. It's like she just has all of her feeling in her voice. And it's like everybody has, you know, different situations growing up. Nobody's perfect. And she clearly was in a situation where she just had a lot of like heartbreak. Like she wasn't necessarily like oh like dealing with like poverty and like having like a super hard life necessarily. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have things inside of you that are like tearing you up. Yeah. She said um, she suffered a lot of depression and um, she said she wasn't abused or anything as a child. It's Mm -hmm. not that. But she said, but when her parents divorced, like that did it for her, like that broke her. And I mean, kids need I mean, I'm a firm believer in kids needing two parents like you need to have that, you know, and when you when that breaks, it can be extremely damaging whether you see your parent on the weekend or during holidays, like yeah. they're, it's not the same as like just popping out of bed and knowing they're there in the house. Like, right. you know, right. so yeah, that, that was the catalyst and she herself admitted that. Like, that's something I want to, I want to uh, stick a, a note in that. Cause that's something else I'm going to say later. She reminds me of somebody else 
who's in a certain club of people that died when they were 27. Uh-huh. And that's something we should think about too, because the other person I'm thinking of, they have that in common as well. Interesting. Because as I was going and finding out more about Amy, I was seeing a lot of more parallels between her and Kurt. Okay. But we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so what was, what was it? We were talking about the first album. Yeah. And yeah, she wasn't, she didn't have like her whole like look yet. Yeah. It was just like, She's a great singer. Yes. So people that are into real music and are really looking and searching for new music, we're going to find her and be like, oh, she's the shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that to me is kind of like, I like to blame MTV for everything. Damn it. Damn you, MTV. Damn it, it's MTV. like a person, you know, like a sibling that you get get along with and don't get along with. That's a classic example of video kill the radio star to me Mm. because it's like you were fine amy but i feel like in her mind and even in the record execs it was like we need a second album and she probably was like well i need to stand out more now when the voice did it for me so she's like okay well what do i do and she gets the beehive and she gets the tattoos and it's just like to me it's like then it became like about her image and that kind of i'm I'm fast forwarding a little bit but i'm kind of uh foreshadowing towards the rest of our conversation and then it ran away with her because it became less and less about her music and Mm -hmm. more about her life right well that that's interesting like it's an interesting combo to have is like what part of that was her consciously like i want to do this so i can get bigger or what was just like she wanted to do it right because like what i read is like she just she wanted to be like ronnie specter with the fucking hair yeah (laughs) she was like i just like this like that wasn't like a popular style at the time right she wasn't like oh i'm gonna do this so it'll help me like gain acceptance yeah maybe it was a little bit it is because the style is played out like you know what i mean you're gonna definitely stand out ronnie specter wore a beehive because that was the style of the day she wasn't like you know trying to be different like she was just trying to sell a record and she had a different voice and her voice sold like you know what i mean it didn't it didn't really matter what ronnie specter looked like when you heard her sing you already knew that that was a soulful girl i personally never knew whether she was black or white and it turns out she's mixed like you know what i say she's both she's She's black and (laughs) white okay like you know so like but yeah so that was a time when like it was your voice that Mm. that propelled you these people weren't like when you look at the temptations, like, yes, yeah, some of them were handsome. Some of them were not, but damn those voices like that. Right, sold, right. like nobody cared and their voices got them the girls. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. You're Aretha Franklin too. Your voice got you three husbands. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? So it's like, you didn't really have to be what like, oh, to well, <laughs> do I look hot or not? Do I look good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that came with, I feel like with video, it came with video. Like how I look is more, is, is just as important as how I sound like, you know, I got to stand out. So I don't know, Amy, I would have bought your albums and listened to you without the beehive and the tattoos. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. And then I'm also thinking like, where does it fit in with like her meeting her husband that kind of set her off on a different path? Yeah. Because I don't even remember his name. I do remember that he had a douchebag sounding name, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, especially very British. Yeah. Right. I don't I, I think you the, remember. Do you remember what it was? I know the last name is like Fittier, and I forgot. <laughs> My brain wanted to call him Dex. That's a real <laughs> asshole name. <laughs> but I forgot what his name is, but his last name is Fittier. We can always look it up, but. Nah, it's he, funnier to not, because yeah, fuck that guy. That guy. <laughs> and they went to school together. They were in school together, and um, I guess she was out at one of the pubs, and she saw him there, mm. and then they started hanging out, and he was 
already a druggie and it was yeah. very obvious and she, he had out some coke and she wanted to try that mm -hmm. and i remember him saying that he didn't like that he was like well why would you want to do that like you know what i'm saying because why would he want to do it well i mean well i guess he felt like he was a piece of shit and she's not like why you know what i'm saying she's got everything going for her you know what i'm saying she's this musician songstress she's beautiful like you know why would she want to go up in a corner in a pub and do some lines so that's stuff for people who's going nowhere fast like you know what i mean not necessarily but for those particular guys yes Hmm, that's so, interesting. But he remembered, he said that he didn't like that. And like when he was an ex when he was explaining it, the scowl on his face, like he really didn't like that. And that's kind of sad because um, that means he didn't really like her in a way. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, if you don't, I don't know, I may be going too far into it, but <laughs> just go for it. That's what we do here. Yeah, their their relationship became drug fuel it was a yeah, codependent yeah, yeah. drug relationship she liked the coke she knew he had it he felt like he could probably be i don't know if more important but more useful to somebody because he's got the coke he's got the drugs hmm. and she needs them you yeah. know and she had some type of affinity for him too it's one of those situations where i i hate to kind of bring Nicki minaj into it but Nicki minaj is kind of doing the same thing right now where it's like you're big and you're huge and you're all the way up here and you need a support system. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you may not necessarily get that from the rest of the guys in the industry. You want yeah. somebody who really needs you in a way. And why not um, Joe Smith, you know, so that you knew from the neighborhood, you're connected to him in some sort of way. And he's going to always kind of depend on you in a way, because I don't know, you've got the, the clout, the bat, I don't know. But, mm. um, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where she kind of knew he would always need her and she needs him, of course, because he's got the drug. Well, what I'm trying to figure out is like where that fits into like her, like chronologically of like when like the second album comes out and like when her look starts changing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm thinking like does you, like all those things are probably kind of related, right? Yeah. Because basically the way that I understood is like she like with you know she smoked weed before she would drink a little bit but like you said she was just not really into like drugs like right. hard drugs right and then when she met uh what's his name douchebag guy yeah um Dex. he no I'm just kidding <laughs> yo can we just call him Dex because yes. that's fucking funny <laughs> yo so when she met Dex like he had the fucking apparently like he had heroin and crack and like mm -hmm. all this shit like mm -hmm. and then she got into it and and the thing is though what you were saying is like of like he's like I don't know why she would get into it. Well, it probably has what to do with what we're talking about the whole thing with like the pain in her voice. Like she clearly had some pain inside of her. Maybe she was just trying to numb it, yeah. or she thought you know maybe this would help her forget about it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, you know. But obviously, she's really the only one that would ever really know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The I read something. It was like uh, eventually her demons caught up with her. It's like you better believe it. I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. It's almost like, honey, you. it's almost like you channeled a demon. Like that first album compared to the second is just crazy. And, and people show it to me all the time, like the look in stars' faces where you could still see their light. And then mm -hmm. after like, you know, a couple of albums in, you see where the light goes out, you know, and then they're mm -hmm. kind of headed for a disaster and stuff. And um, I really feel like around second album time, even though that was a great musical time for us and her, the fans, I feel like her light started to go out. Well, I feel like when it came out was probably like the peak because then once it comes out, 
is then when all she just gets huge. Yeah. And she can't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, okay, so this is this is why I was gonna compare her to Kurt a little bit. Yeah. Cause okay, I'm gonna go off on a, a little bit of a tangent, but it all comes back to Amy, believe me. So do you remember we've talked about this before? We talked about the feud between Nirvana and Guns N' Roses. Yes. And you were like, I don't get it. They're basically the same thing. They're both they're huge bands, they're influencing the culture, they're making money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. This is why in my head, why I see the outcome is the same, but I think the intention was different. Yeah. Because all right. <laughs> tell me tell me you can't see this. All right. Nineteen it's nineteen eighty five. You're in some kind of dive bar in Los Angeles, uh-huh. and you see Axl Rose, pre-fame, pre like when you're in a successful rock band and you look like that, it's cool. But if you're just some dude and you're just like strung out and you're probably dirty and you probably fucking smell bad, you know what I mean? He was probably like, I could really see Axl being in the fucking bar, or whatever, like trying to talk to some girl, and she's just kind of like, ugh. Like, get the fuck away from me. You're gross, dude. You're a fucking bum. Right. And I could see Axel be like, oh, well, I'll show her. I'm going to be the biggest singer and the biggest band. We're going to get all the money and all the drugs and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, I could, I really see him as that kind of yeah. almost power-hungry kind of person. Yeah, I think he did that for his stepdad, too. Who used, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I could, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, I really feel like he, there was definitely a point where he, in his head, was like, I want to be the most famous. Yes. I want to be this. To show I the cops and everybody back home. Uh, right? absolutely yeah he's got that that like he wears that on him exactly yeah but kurt yes i don't think he ever was sitting was homeless under a bridge like oh i can't wait to be the biggest rock star in the world one day i feel you you on know that what one. i mean like yes like kurt was what we were saying before like everything that i've read about kurt is that he was like a happy little kid until his parents got divorced and then he just had you know this pain inside of him and it's like you know I'm not comparing us to either of them, but we're artists. And like some, you know, like sometimes you have something in you and the only way you can really get it out is through music. Yeah. And I really always felt like Kurt was just writing what he had inside of him. Like I don't never thought that he, if his intention, I never thought was to be huge. Like you listen no. to the first Nirvana album. He's not trying to be fucking commercial. Not at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> not so, at all. Like I really don't, I never really felt that way from Kurt. So, like, the way that it happened, like, I honestly, like, I feel bad for him if this is the way that it really went down. Is he's just making the shit that he feels in his heart, and then all of a sudden, he's just huge. Yeah. He just, he can't go anywhere without being bugged by paparazzi. Like, people are bugging him and his wife and his daughter. You can't fucking escape. So, he just goes further and further into drugs as really a means of escape. And it's kind of like, it's almost like um, a self-fulfilling cycle. Because the more, the better the music is the more famous he is, which makes him even worse and worse and worse. And it yeah. just kind of keeps going. Yeah. And I kind of see Amy in a similar light, not to the same extent. I don't think, I think she did want to be big. I think she obviously was living the music and she just wanted to like, I want to live music. Like I want this to be my life, but she doesn't seem like somebody that to me that was like, I want to be the biggest star ever in the world. No, I feel like like she had this in her, like she had this this pain and this heartbreak in her, and she needed to express it. Yeah, and then she's doing it, and then all of a sudden she's fucking huge. She can't go anywhere. Right. She can't really escape. So maybe she leans a little further into the drugs as a bit of an escape, and yeah. then her life becomes more of a show, and then it just becomes, you know, this self fulfilling cycle. Yeah, where you get to the point, it's like, 
I mean, I'm not going to put myself in their shoes or whatever, but like if you're a Kurt and that really is what the story is and you're just doing what you've always wanted to do and then all this other shit happens, there might be a point where you're like, there's really only way out of one way out of this. And I'm not saying that's no. exactly what happened. And I'm not saying yeah. that's what, how you should think. Because we all know Courtney did it. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> th- then we, we can go <laughs> to the really conspiracy. Joking. And there, obviously there are conspiracies about that. But like, I feel like there's really two options. If that if that is what it is, yeah. either you're going to kill yourself or you're going to slowly kill yourself through drugs. Yeah, it, it's probably an option. If you feel like option. there's no escape. But if you listen to Johnny Rotten, he was like, if you're sick and tired of being a pop star, just stop. Well, that's the conspiracy, right? Is that Kurt wanted to stop? And then, well, we don't want, this isn't a Kurt episode. It's not a Kurt <laughs> This isn't a Kurt yeah. episode. But Amy wanted to be a star. I don't think she wanted to be the hugest woman on the planet or anything like that. But any little girl like sh- singing show tunes and stuff like that when you're yeah. small, you definitely can't wait to get on the stage. At the same time, she never thought it would be a career. Like, you know what I'm saying? She probably wanted one moment. Oh, you get on stage. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, but she never thought that, like, people would be like, oh, my God, you're going to get five Grammys. Oh, my God, you influenced my life. Like, you know, people, she never, I don't think she dreamed for that. But, yeah, like, you know, she wanted to get on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they're exactly the same, but I definitely have noticed a lot of parallels as I'm, like, looking into the, you know, her life story. Yeah. And I definitely think that, you know, obviously, yeah, like, she wanted to be big, but it just got out of her control. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I just think it's a lot of times it's just demons. Like, I honestly think it's that like, you know, um, yeah, you're depressed and you're kind of sad, but you know better than to pick up a crack habit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the two thousands, you should, you should (laughs) crack is whack. I thought they told you, Hey, if it's 1981, you know, who knows? Yeah. (laughs) But in 2007, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Yeah. That and H and stuff like that. It's like, I I feel like it's one of those things we we said, like young and dumb, you're just young and you're Mm. just dumb. You have way too much money and you've done everything already. You know Mm. what I'm saying? And there's, uh, they said there's no textbook to prepare anybody, anybody for uh, that level of fame. Like you just, it just gets thrown at you all of a sudden. Yeah. And then you're like, bam, like, wow. So yeah, it's, it's too much too fast. And, you know, like uh, making a choice like that is, uh, I feel like it comes from just having so much, having done so much already and, mm. and, and possibly just like, just curious. Cause why would you want to do that? And like, make your life story you know nobody desires that you know what i mean yeah. and now now everybody's watching you be plagued by like drugs and like it's just not a good look like that just totally overshadowed her music like my god and i don't know i remember being annoyed at the rehab song I'm like what the fuck is this yo so that's actually really funny because i get we should start talking about that album yeah. but I just so Mark Ronson produced that album. Yeah. And I just read an article as I'm looking up things for this podcast about how he was he said, Oh, if I knew what this song was about, I wouldn't have put it out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, who are you trying to fool? <laughs> I was like twelve when that song came out, and even I everyone knew what that song was about when yes, you heard it. It's even called I was, rehab. I was like I was literally like 12 years old when that song came out. I'm like, yo, this girl needs some help. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this a joke? Like, all right. So is her drinking a joke? Is she like, I I was like, is this a shtick or something? Like I did. I was confused. Like, 
why are we making fun of this? She looks terrible mm-hmm. and it's not funny. Like, no. and why is she, I, I was like, I, I, I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like that. Well, that's, that's also another thing that's interesting. Like you were saying, like a lot of like the drugs could just be like from her demons. Yeah. But the demons are also what make the music good. Yes, that's true. So too. it's like, it's like such a balancing act. Yeah. Like if you're at that, that kind of, stage yeah. in life and yeah. that's how you're feeling it's like you're you're on a fucking trapeze yeah it's <laughs> you know true. what i mean yeah if y'all didn't know sometimes satan got the beat sometimes he got the beat <laughs> sometimes it happens like that you know stomping his cloven foot in the studio <laughs> but okay wait okay so so yeah so i heard mark ronson say that and i was like that's a joke dude you fucking knew don't even don't try to cast yourself in like a better light now because she's dead no and then also with the the line about um her dad says i'm fine or whatever yeah that actually was something that happened yeah do you know about that yeah yeah Uh, she was just like this was before she was like really into like the heroin yes this was the alcohol yeah one day she just went out and got a little too drunk and like you know when you're like 20 i mean who doesn't get a little too drunk sometimes so she would like got a little too drunk and she was like sloppy and somebody was like oh doesn't she need to go to rehab and her dad was like uh she's she's fine because it wasn't that bad yet right right and then she but then that is a clip that like they took a clip of him saying that and now they play it over and it's like oh like he's responsible for her dying and shit and that's Uh, fucked up that's his daughter yeah because that's the feeling that i had too it's just like wow i i in the beginning like i was like well what is he like her manager or something i was like this guy's basically like her pimp if he's acting like this like this is <laughs> fucked up you know but now you look at stories and stuff like that i don't think that was the case yeah you know so but okay so i feel like we're we're off on a lot of different directions here yeah um, like a scattered woman <laughs> we're very scattered right now so the second album was the one that, you know, made her... It took her from, like, somebody that musicians liked to somebody that everybody knew most people liked. Yeah. Um, And that album was... It's really cool to me, like, musically, because, like, the instrumentals of that album, I feel like it could have been put out, like, any time between, like, 1960 and 2010. Oh, yeah. Like, it really is almost timeless in a way. Like, mm-hmm. it's with the brass and just, like, the keys. There's not a lot of, like, electronic, like, altered effects. She says that. She was like, no, there's no fake horns on my track. She was mm-hmm. like, I would never, ever. Like, she was so, like, adamant about that. And in my mind, I'm just like, wow, the luxury to be able to say that. Like, yeah. I would never have a fake band in my <laughs> studio. Like, girl. And then... It just shows how connected she is to the century before her, mm-hmm. how much she appreciates that sound, too. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we all wish we could have live musicians. If somebody's just like, Chicago's band is uh, available for you guys this Friday if you just need some extra sounds in the studio. Oh, <laughs> uh, can they do six to eight? <laughs> That'll work for us. All right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's funny. I actually, I, damn, I should remember the name of the band, but Mark Ronson actually brought like an eight piece band from Brooklyn Whoa. to do all the instrumentals for the, the album. Nice. Um, fuck. I wish I remember what their name was so I could shout them out, but you know who you are. The Cyclones. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I think they were called Steely Dan. <laughs> um, no. So, so yeah, so that album was so cool because it just like, it's almost genreless and it's almost timeless. Mm-hmm. It just it walks this line between all these different things. Where like if you were to hear this 
like obviously we were around when it came out so we know when it came out right. but like let's say 20 years from now you know there's some kids I don't, let's say they're on YouTube doing reaction videos <laughs> you know what I mean right. and somebody says oh do an Amy Winehouse song they might listen to it and be like is this from the 70s is this from the 80s 90s like I don't even know what this is. Right. You know, and then somebody would tell them, no, this came out in like 2000, whatever, seven. Yes. And they would be like, holy shit. Like yeah. this, it has such a classic feel to it. And then her voice is such a classic voice to go with it that it just, it really is. I really think that's an album that people are going to be listening to decades from now. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I remember her thinking her, her last name was part of the shtick too. Like, what the really? fuck is this? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, that's not her real life. Oh, because of wine? Yes. I didn't even think about that. Because, like, Alicia's, Alicia Keys' name is not Keys, you know, yeah. but she plays the piano. Did I ever tell you um, I went to high school with her cousin? No. Yeah, my sister was friends with her. In Manhattan? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you, know, you know where it's at. Um, anyway. The Bronx. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> But the, I never thought about Winehouse. Yes. Yeah, so That's even, actually really funny. Yeah, I, I thought it, I thought this whole thing was like a, you know what I'm saying? Like how Dean Martin used to get up and pretend to be drunk on stage, yeah, but it was yeah. apple juice. So she might as well be Amy Alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. I didn't mean that. Sorry, Amy. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so that album is just a classic. Mm -hmm. Everybody probably knows at least a song or two from that. Um, Rehab was the big hit, yeah. which is so crazy. To think, to hear that song now, it's just sad. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of sad the whole time, but it's like knowing how it ends up. It's just like fuck. Like we all saw this coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she was basically telling us what was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Really, really annoying. But um, she did say, I, I like to hear people say these things. She after her first album, she was like, you know, well, she's pretty proud of herself. And mm -hmm. she 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 said she could die. If she died tomorrow, she would be happy because mm -hmm. she made an album that she's actually proud of. After the first album, the first album. So that's nice. Yeah, that was that was really great and really nice. Um, some of these things are just really short lived and it's unfortunate, but definitely plagued by a lot of demons because I mean, wow. When you think of like another short-lived talent like Rory who drank and like, you know, and Rory Gallagher. Is, yeah. Rory Gallagher, uh, famous. Just in, in case the just people in don't case know, you don't know who you don't know. No, I'm just kidding. You better you find better, out. You better ask somebody. Yeah. Um, ask you know, us. we're side after dark. We know a lot about music. <laughs> <laughs> also listen to our music wherever you listen to music. <laughs> he, um, who, somebody like him who, who died too. And then you you see that is like tragic. You're just like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like how that happened and stuff like that. But it's different when somebody's like telling you all the time in their music, like, you know what I mean? And, and their, their private life kind of like overshadows their music. And that's another thing that's interesting is like, from like, um, like an industry perspective, like this is how fucked up the music industry is. Like if she's selling records, they have no reason to really want to help her. And Correct. if she's getting more publicity from being from falling apart, basically, which is selling her music more, if like these fucking record execs are not going to have any reason to really want to clean up the act. Right. They're like, oh, this is a cash cow. You keep doing you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. When it's literally she's really writing songs. I'm, they're trying to make me go to rehab. I'm like, nah, fuck that. Well, if you don't go to rehab and you don't quit, there's really one other thing that happens eventually. Yeah, it's a shame. A real shame. I don't know. It's just a bad case. Like that first marriage. I mean, the guy, I heard him in an interview and 
uh, he was just another young kid that was like addicted to drugs. It's just like, what, yeah. what do you want him to do? Like in a way too, it's just like, you could you could say he was the problem, but not really. Like he didn't, no one forces anybody to take drugs. She went and she kind of like befriended him again. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And started doing drugs with him and like, you know, what's he supposed to do like no i don't want this famous girl around paying for drinks and hanging out and taking me to the best concerts and shows like i mean what's he yeah. supposed to do you know so but that was definitely tumultuous it's not the first couple we've seen like that right we've seen yeah. sid and nancy that's another thing i thought they were trying to pull a sid and nancy on us and i was just like Bleh. like what, you i thought they were purposely trying to do that yes oh, okay, it was yeah. just bothering me the way like her life was going and i just don't like that because i was wondering Cause I like to like kind of deep think these things. I'm like, well, are they trying to influence us? Like, you know what I'm saying? Us, the listeners, us, the music people. Cause it's not a secret that the record companies do try to influence yeah, yeah, yeah. the masses with the music. They shift the genres. You know what I'm saying? Like when people say, oh, well, Kurt Cobain knocked Michael Jackson off of like the record charts. It's like, no, the record industry <laughs> wanted the music to turn that way. Like, you know, so I was just wondering if, this was like a whole big thing to like influence the people. So it was really giving me a very bad taste in my mouth and having known music for so many years, like I've seen that formula quote unquote formula or story before. Yeah. So I was just like, this is another Bobby and Whitney. This is another, uh, Sid and Nancy. Like, this is just eh. like, you know, how am I supposed to like this? Like, you know what I mean? Right. But it's very unfortunate. Yeah, that's why the story is so sad. Like this is this is obviously a tragic story. It's not yeah. a happy story because she was such a talented person that was just gone way too soon. Yeah. And so this is actually kind of funny though. So so her husband got locked up. Yes. For like punching a bartender or some shit. Some yeah. stupid drug addict shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. You gotta punch him. And then she divorced him while he was in jail. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. And then like, I don't know, did that help her mentally or was, did that make her sad? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Cause things didn't really get better after that. No, I think she just, uh, she started realizing that he was part of the problem and then it, ugh, it could it probably just wore on her, you know, having to go visit somebody in jail and then seeing somebody like, like that all yeah. the time, you know, it's just like, she probably just was over it. Like, you know, um, they got married. Right. So, I mean, but they were kids. Like you don't really pay attention to those vows and stuff like that. So it's for better, for worse, Amy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's the thing is so crazy is like, they were really just kids because she died when she was 27. Like I'm 27 now and I still feel super young. Yeah. So it's like, I, I always like, I don't even think about that shit because she died. I was young. So like she was just an adult to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But now, now when you think about it, you look back and like, oh, she was only 24 and had eight Grammys or whatever. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. there's not many people that would handle that well. Obviously she could have handled it probably a little better. A little bit better. But, but... most people in that situation, like something's going to break. If you were saying like uh, you had a Tupac example. Yeah. That's another. Inter- I didn't really think about that either. It's like. If you're at that point and and just doing what you love has brought you to that point and now it's like there's so many other things, everyone's trying to influence you, everyone's trying to like put their thoughts into your head and all this shit, like there's no way that doesn't get to you. It does, yeah. And then you do have a break because not even just the fame, like besides the fame 
and the people, right? The, oh, can you sign this autograph? Or, oh my God, there she is. Besides that, when you're like 20, 18, 19, whatever, and you just get your first job, think about your first job and how you have to constantly deal with your boss and all this stuff like that. You usually give those jobs about a year and a half, two years, and then you're <laughs> fucking out of there, right? Yeah, Cause yeah, you can't yeah. take that shit anymore. Now imagine she has to do that because it's the music business. So she's got to sign contracts, mm. investors, this meeting, promote that, do this, this, that. So you got to do all of that. So imagine she has to keep doing it. Not right. just the one, two years at 18, 19, 20. Right. You know, when, when normal people are just like, fuck this, I'm out of here. I need a break or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. She has to keep going and going. Imagine if they make you keep doing that job over and over. Like, no, Dan, you can't quit. No, Sifu, you can't quit that job. I know you're only 19, but you got to keep going. You got to do it every single day. There would definitely be a break. Yeah. And that's just another thing of just like the industry. I mean, the industry is not good for artists <laughs> like everybody know, especially like i mean at this point it's that's such a well-known thing back in the day you might not know like because you might not that information might not really be out there right but now it's it's just understood i mean the shit it's just all about money they don't care about the artists as people they care about them as a product yes and that's really it yes so so yeah so then again this all starts with the music that she had inside of her like mm -hmm. that is something you can't fake that right right like that you everybody that's ever heard it knows that's real that's that lives within her mm -hmm. so she's just doing this shit and then she's so famous all of a sudden and then everybody's trying to push her and there's just all this fucking shit yeah like you're saying now it's like a job like it goes from like oh like i just want to write my songs to now like i have to do this i have to do this and it almost you know i'm sure it takes some of the fun out of it right and then then you're at a situation you're like oh i'm just doing what i always loved and now i'm not getting the same joy out of it anymore right, right and like some people cope with the things in different ways maybe she's like i'm gonna fucking up my drug intake exactly like, yeah some people just get bitter and mean like frank <laughs> like frank sinatra you just get mean tell him to back the f up and get away from you i feel like he was kind of always like that though <laughs> Cause like he wasn't gonna let anyone fuck with him at any point, you know. Even when he was like before he was famous, you know what I mean. Like he would have stabbed a motherfucker. I feel yeah. Like. Oh, definitely. We talking Jersey here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's funny. But yeah, yeah. You become you, or you get the look that Bruce Willis has on his face. He is done. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's done. He's so over it. But that's, I mean, that's with decades and decades. Yeah. And that's another thing that's crazy. Like, you think about the chrono, chron, chronology. Uh -huh. Is that, that's the word, right? Yes, yes. So her first album was like 2004. Yeah. And she was dead in 2010. Yeah. Something like that. Mm -hmm. That's only six years. That's nothing. That's a six year run. Like, that's, that's a lot of things happening really fast. That's a lot of sixes and nines. But anyway, <laughs> she's at 27. And then it was, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, six years. And then, uh, uh, six, nine and three. And then she's July 23rd, which is like, uh, three. What? What's July 23rd? She died July 23rd. Oh shit. That's all. And that day of the year is always kind of strange. Something always goes down in America on that day. More, on July 23rd? More often than not. Yes. I'm going to think about that this year. Yeah. More often than not. Um, and it's usually, usually has to do with death, um, which is pretty odd, but, hmm. um, yeah, so it's a lot of, you know, it's kind of like, 
Well, yeah, obviously things didn't go so well for her. (laughs) I mean, we don't control the life and death. So I don't even know. So, I mean, she puts out the album. She just becomes huge worldwide. She can't go anywhere. Mm -mm. And this is the thing. It's like that. I mean, like people say this to me. They're like, oh, you're in a band. Like you want to be famous, right? And I'm like, "Eh, no, I want to be famous to people that know us and like our music. Yeah, I I would love to be able to have, you know, 100 people in every city that know who we are so we can play a show. But I don't ever want to have to go down the street and have to fucking no pictures. Like, leave me the fuck alone. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want that shit. I don't want that. I want like some like a little bit of anonymity, like for sure. I want to be able to pay my rent and go on vacation off my music. Yeah. But I don't need a fucking Starbucks in my basement. No, no, no. Tommy Lee. No. And you think of like, think about like, um, I don't know. Who's a, who's a good example of this? Like, um, I remember, you know, Slightly Stupid? No. They're like a reggae band. Let no. me do a, let me do a different example. Interpol. Yeah, yeah. Interpol is a really big rock band, and if you're a fan of them and you go to their show, you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, it's them!" Blah blah blah. But if you see any member of Interpol just walking down the street, you're not gonna. You nope. know what I mean? Like, no, nope. no. Nope. It's just a whole different thing, and I really think that is the sweet spot. It is. I think so too. Like that's the yeah yeah yes too. You could see them in the East Village, and you can leave them. They're walking their dog, and people will leave them alone. Like yeah. only once in a while, somebody will see who they are, and that's a good thing. Like first of all, no one should fan over anybody like that, and we shouldn't encourage We're that kind of beings. culture. Like you know what yeah. I'm saying? Girls peeing on themselves and stuff like that. Like I mean, you know, we Was shouldn't. Was R. Kelly there? <laughs> sorry sorry yeah continue please we shouldn't no we shouldn't encourage that culture like you know what i mean we we should it should start to be kind of frowned upon like celebrity culture yeah like like want to drop dead just because you saw somebody who was on tv pretending to be somebody else wait did i ever tell you the taylor swift story no. When that girl thought I was Taylor Swift's bodyguard? No. I never told you about this. Wait, because you were just walking around in the village, right? Yeah. She, yes. Yes, you did tell me. All tell right, the well, people, I'm going to tell the people because this was, <laughs> this was wild. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So there was this place we used to play open mic there every single week. Um, it was called The Music Inn. It's still there on West 4th Street in Manhattan. Go check it out yeah. if you're in Manhattan. They're great people. Um, and we used to go there every Thursday to play and we loved it there. Yeah. And one day I got there super early and we put, we put side after dark on the list and there was still like two hours before the show started. So I was like, um, what am I doing? I'm just going to go, you know, walk around the block. It's a nice day out. I'm going to call my friend I haven't talked to in a while. So I have my headphones in. I'm talking to my friend <laughs> down in Florida and I walked, I walked around the block maybe like three or four times. Uh huh. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see some girl like, <laughs> and it's like, I mean, you know how it is. Like, it's fucking New York City. Like, I'm stopping. I ain't stopping for anybody. Right. <laughs> like, unless I know you. Yeah. You're just some person waving in my face trying to get my attention. Like, <laughs> go to the next person. There's plenty of people. Um, so this girl's like waving. I'm like, all right, whatever. I just keep walking. And then she goes right. She cuts right in front of me. She's like, hey, 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 sorry. I'm so sorry to bug you. And I'm like, I take out one of my earphones. So I'm still on the call with my friend. Yeah. So my friend is in this here. He can hear the entire conversation. Remember that. <laughs> so I take out one of your phone. I'm like, what's going on? She was like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bug you. You know Taylor, right? And I'm like, Taylor who? There's a lot of Taylors in uh-huh. the world, you know? She was like, Swift. You know Taylor Swift, right? 
<laughs> like, what makes you say that? <laughs> like, why would you possibly think that? I'm just walking around. Like, and she was like, this was insane. Like, this is, this really made me, I already didn't want to be famous, but this actually like made me really uncomfortable with even the thought of it. Yeah. Because I said to her, I was like, what makes you think that? And she went off on this just fucking psychopathic rant, like uh, like a hundred miles per per hour. She's like, "Well, here's the thing. So I looked it up. Um, she said in this song that she lived on Cornelius Street, and this is Cornelius Street right here. And you know, so I, I looked it up, and I found out that she bought this apartment for three million in 2012. And I saw you walking around, and you had an earpiece in, and I saw you walking, so I thought maybe you uh, maybe you were security for her. <laughs> and I was just like. I didn't even know what to say at first. So I was just kind of like, uh, and she was like, yeah, I'm here with my mom. <laughs> she like, I, wow. I don't know why. She like pointed across the street and I see this old like Indian woman on a stoop and she's like waving <laughs> at me. <laughs> like it literally was like something out of like a bad movie. She's like, there's my mom. And like the camera turns to the left <laughs> and she's like, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Right. So this is where I, pr- I probably should have done this. <laughs> But I was like, well, at this point, like, I'm going to have a little fun with this situation because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. So I still had my one earphone in, right? And my friend is laughing in my ear the whole time because he hears the whole thing. So I'm trying to not to laugh because he's laughing in my ear. And this is what I said to her. I was like, okay, I'm not supposed to tell people this. <laughs> but I actually am security for Taylor Swift, and I'm on the phone with her right now. <laughs> and... She, her whole face lit up to the point that I couldn't even try to continue the joke because I just felt terrible. She was like, oh my God, can I talk to her? And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's, I'm not real. I'm joking. I'm, it's, I don't know Taylor Swift. I'm so sorry. Like, Unreal. And she was like, oh man. Oh, well, what are you doing then? I'm like, I'm about to play a show with my band. You should come you should come watch us, add us on Insta. Yeah. And she did follow us on Instagram. Which is cool. Which but... is nice. But that whole situation, like, it kind of just grossed me out. I was like, this is, like, what she has to deal with every day. And, like, you know what we were saying? Like, there's that sweet spot. I feel like, honestly, most musicians and artists that are able to make a living exist in that sweet spot. Yeah. The amount of people that are just so famous they can't go anywhere is so incredibly small mm-hmm. that you get to something like Amy. It's like I don't. She never would have expected that for herself. Yeah. I don't think she I, wanted to be big, but she didn't want to be that fucking big. And then yeah. it just happens. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. It's just insane. And then she can't escape that. Like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna stop doing the thing that you love, so that nobody wants to deal with you anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. I mean. You love the music. That's what you got here in the first place. Like, you're not just going to stop that. Then your life's even more hollow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, we're talking about human beings. It's tiring. It's exhausting. You know? And it's just like, I just don't think that that should be uh, encouraged. And we should allow some celebrities to just have their downtime, their me time. There's one specific celebrity who was at a rehearsal spot and uh, one person was singing. And she heard that person singing her song. And she knocked on the door and she came and she was like, oh, my God. I, I know who you're talking about. She's yeah, like, yeah. you sang it better than me. And this, this, that. And the, the person was like all excited and stuff. But then another person heard that she came out of her room and went to the unknown singer and was telling her. So the other person came and was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, can I get an autograph? And the famous person was like, I'm tired. 
and then just walked away. I can't blame her. We though. could, we should give them that. We should give those because she didn't come out and say, "Hey, everybody, I'm here." Right. She went straight to one person, like you know what right. I'm saying. Expressed one thing, like you know. So yeah, it's <laughs> like I'm tired. And that's why, that's why, like, it's so weird in my head now. Like, I never thought about this before I started doing the research for this, but like. I really think of Kurt and Amy as just like kind of like really similar situations. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Not only the 27 Club thing, but just like the whole thing. It's like almost even the timeline is the same from like Nevermind to when he died to Mm -hmm. Back to Black to when she died to Heroin to the whole fucking thing. Like it's actually crazy how similar the story is really. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never thought about that before. Me neither. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 I I would definitely agree. And I I definitely think it's a sad thing where it's just like, um, uh, Kurt was more expressive about like, you know, not wanting to be super famous. And you could just Mm -hmm. even say, see it in his body language more than anything. Like the way war is here, you know, um, he was a witty and cool guy, but at the same time, it was just like, wow, like, I just want to breathe. And mm-hmm. um, with her, she I, she didn't seem to express it outwardly too much, but it, it's kind of obvious that a lot of this external stuff that came with her talent was way too much for her. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so sad is because she put out the album that was back to black fucking huge like we said just made her a worldwide sensation and then that was really the last thing that she did because after that just everything just went so crazy like she couldn't even get herself to the place to really create at least or at least lay it down in the studio like i mean i remember they were like she fell off a little bit or she just got way too into the drugs and she wasn't like touring as much i remember like she was getting ready to do like a comeback tour and, like, the first show of that tour, she was, like, wasted mm-hmm. and couldn't fucking play. And, like, people, like, they, she got booed off the stage. Yeah. And that ended up being her last live show ever. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's so fucked. It is. I mean, shit. It, it, look, what can you say? It's a human condition. I didn't, I, Some people go out in a bad note and some people don't. Like, but that's that's just really, really sad. Like, and, and it's it's hard for me to see some of the videos, like, of her... Uh, before the first album like when she's young and like in in high school and stuff and doing those plays and things like that and even like her friends have been like posting like home movies and things like that so just her chilling in the house being silly breaking into song and stuff like that to go from that to to being so kind of like broken in a way like that it's pretty pretty sad and i what drugs just do to you and hard drugs like that. It's just like, you have to be really, really broken to go and want to indulge in Mm -hmm. hard drugs. Like it's, I mean, a lot of kids are curious and they'll do things and, you know, by the grace of, of God, honestly, you know, you don't die. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, You don't die when you drank too much that night. You don't die when you did that cocaine and stuff like that. Some people do, but it's just like, it's just crazy to go and want that. Like, I want to try heroin. I yeah. want to try crack. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is serious business to me. Yeah. And that's, ah, yeah, it's so weird. And that, cause that's the other thing with drugs is like nobody, they always say like the first couple of times are great. You know what I mean? And like, that's like, I mean, me sitting here now, I would never try crack or heroin. Right. But I don't know. Somebody's like, oh, they're, they're drunk or something. They're like, ah, I'll fucking try it. And then they do it one time. And it's just like now their body's like, I need it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like how it's like how like nobody wants to be addicted to drugs. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it just it's sometimes it can just it can just take a hold of you. And yeah. some people it can take a hold of way easier than others. Way easier than others. And I just I don't know. I mean, you know, everybody has their own story of stupid things that they do. You know, you can't judge one person, you know. For me, it was always the way just heroin and crack addicts look. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There wasn't anything really glamorous about that. But when you're depressed and you're going through a lot of shit, you're not thinking about glamour and shit. You're basically thinking, I want to die. Yeah, you don't care what you look like. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah that, that's an interesting point, too. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. For me, because um, I grew up in Florida, it was always meth. <laughs> I would always see meth heads. of like, yo, you got two teeth, dog? Like, is it worth it? It's not. It's so <laughs> Can you even eat? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. how do you chew food, bro? Exactly. That's the most important thing. But when they get to that point, they barely eat anyway. So, but That's true. I mean, it's it's just a shame what happened to uh, Amy. I mean, I, I blame MTV again. Stop showing us cribs and all those things. I do honestly. Make... I do feel like it was the fame more than the dr- not not more than the drugs, but I think the fame caused the drugs a little yeah. bit. Like I'm not yeah. saying only that, but I think if she did some drugs and wasn't as famous, she probably would have lived longer. Yeah, yeah. And then it's the everyday aspect of it. Okay, let's say like an average person's life, right? Not even now, because I've definitely slowed down. But like my early 20s, you know, every weekend we had to be somewhere, you know, and if we weren't there every weekend, it was like Fridays in our place or one of your friends place. Like you weren't necessarily going out, but you were somewhere doing something. And if you weren't doing anything, you had fucking FOMO. You're like, Oh, I'm wasting my weekend or whatever. Exactly. Now you think about that being pumped up to like a hundred where it's like Friday is every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the way you get through your Friday is just like, oh, I'm going to have a couple of drinks before so-and-so gets here. And when they get here, we're really going to party. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to wake up till four in the morning. I mean, four in the afternoon the next day or whatever. Now that's your day every single day. And you're not even realizing yeah, yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? I drank a pint today. I drank a pint on Tuesday. I drank a pint on Thursday. Like you're not even realizing it as it adds up and adds up. There's so many stars that die of like not just drugs but like when nate dog died of a heart attack i'm like now how the hell he let that happen to himself because he was on tour every day eating like a king like you know what i'm saying and he's yeah. like you don't realize that it adds up and adds up and adds up because i was like how could amy just be inside her home laughing at the tv and die of alcohol poisoning like what would you do but no she probably just drank like it was just that day yeah. like you know well that's another i mean that's i mean talk about we don't like alcoholism in particular, that's the thing that a lot of people don't even realize because alcohol is such a, people talk about alcohol like it's not a drug, which is crazy because it's like, I mean, alcohol is a stronger drug than fucking weed. I think so. You know, by, I think by a lot. Like nobody's addicted to weed. Like people are fucking alcoholics. Alcohol is a genie in the bottle, man. Like, Literally. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's like, it's so accepted in the culture and even more so in Europe, like yes. in Europe, a drinking age is 18. It's just like something that people do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you can just get into it. Like, yeah, we'll have a couple drinks tonight. Like the next night, Hey, you want to go out? Yeah. We'll have a couple drinks. Yes. And the next thing you know, you've drank every single day for yes. like a year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it can easily happen. I remember prom weekend, we went down to the Jersey shore and we drank every single day. Yeah. Like we drank as soon as we got there, we had a bunch of beer, we stayed up all night, mm-hmm. we slept into the next day, we got up, we filled ourselves with food, went to McDonald's or whatever, just to go and buy beer later yeah, on yeah. that night. Like that can easily happen to mm-hmm. like a star. 
100%. It's funny, like, well, I wouldn't say it was funny, but I didn't even realize until we were looking this up that it was alcohol that killed her. I always just thought it was heroin for some yeah, reason. Yeah, me but, too. But, yeah, no, it was, she just drank herself to death. And that's the thing that's so crazy. She actually did quit heroin, and then alcohol is what killed her. It's a shame. It's just you know? meant to be in certain situations. Like, you know, she came... She got riddled with demons, unfortunately. She left us some great music, and then she left. Because some people some people are, like, riddled with demons, and some people are just, like, angelic. You know what I'm saying? Some of the stars, they come in, and then they just fade out fast. It's just like, you know, you've got, like, wild ones, and then you've got, like, oh. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. Well, I guess, well, I want to try to bring it to a positive note to end. But I, I think, yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. It's just, like, I mean, obviously, like, her demons got the best of her. Yeah. But she was able to bless the world with that music yeah. while she was here. I yeah. mean, there easily could have been, you know, a situation where she just like didn't meet somebody in the record business that she never got a contract mm-hmm. or like her 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 dad wasn't into Sinatra as much. And she just never found that avenue. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but in the world that we live in, yeah. that's not what happened. Yeah. And we still get to listen to the music and we can still feel the emotion in the music even after she's dead. Yeah. I mean, she's been dead like a decade now. And yeah. it's like, she's still a huge deal. A huge I mean, everyone deal. knows her. Seriously. I honestly feel if she hadn't been famous, if she was just some pub singer or some regular girl in London, she would have still done the same thing. That's Yeah. I feel that for some yeah. reason, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And like her, I feel like she, she really had such a huge influence for like, female singers to come after her yeah like i uh, researching her i'm gonna go back and listen to her i'm like how can i like it's something about her pacing and the way like you and i were talking about it the other day how my dad tells me like singing is not talking you gotta like pause and like yeah. pull out the emotion of like that sentence and yeah. she does that so well especially yeah. on the first album so definitely influential and it's like it's crazy because i considered her not necessarily a peer but like you know she was older than me but like she wasn't like, like how you see kind of like a Diana Ross or a Barbara Streisand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're like adults when yeah, you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like her with her was just like, you know, around the same thing. But now it's like I look up to her now, which is crazy. I mean, she definitely just had it, you know? Yeah. And that's why it's so sad. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. And also it's cool. Like I was thinking about like her and like Lady Gaga and like the, that influence because like her whole, we were talking about like the look and like that was kind of like a marketing thing. Yeah. And I feel like Lady Gaga took that to a whole new level. Oh yeah. Cause she was, let, make no mistake, Lady Gaga is a marketing genius. Yes. When she first came out, she was wearing like a meat suit and shit. Oh yeah. That's just genius. Oh yeah. Because there's a lot of people that are good singers that don't make it. Yeah. And so it's like, you need something to stand out. So let's say you have something like that. People are going to be like, oh, is she wearing a fucking meat suit? What the fuck is this? And then she starts singing and you're like, oh, she's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like, and I didn't make this up. Like I heard Lady Gaga say like, Amy gave me the confidence to like do, like be myself like more or less. Yeah. And I, I totally see that now. I totally love that. Cause I, I adore uh, Lady Gaga too and yeah she lady gaga made me feel comfortable like i said like i was talking to somebody before like oh why can't you just make a whole bunch of different styles of music and stuff and i was like no you can't do that you got to stick to a genre and then lady gaga comes out like you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's just like we she's can, just we, an do an person. we got to stephanie she's from new york yeah you know how i know she's from new york <laughs> like every <laughs> how other do you know <laughs> yo people at home literally like every other place that we play in new york city there's somebody on the mic like oh yeah lady gaga played here 
And we're like, all right, I'm sure a lot of people fucking played here. Like, we're here for tonight. We're not here for Lady Gaga 20 years ago. Like, but yeah, so I guess that's kind of an inside joke for us. But now the people know too. Now y'all know. That's the joke. Anytime, if you ever go to New York City, any bar you're at, Lady Gaga played there once. That's where she got her start. All right. So, so you heard it here first. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know. So I oh, guess we. Sh- this is as happy as it can be. Is there anything else that we should um, w- say about Amy? No, no. Besides R.I.P. So yeah, rest in peace to Amy. Thanks for all the the influence and um and your voice and damn what a crazy story. But that's it. Yeah, crazy tragic story. So shout out to Amy for for blessing us with the music. Shout out to all of you for watching. We appreciate you. If you like what you see, go to patreon.com slash music maniac so we can make more podcast episodes and we can quit our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, uh, we're going to be coming out with a lot of new episodes. So definitely subscribe, all that stuff. You know the whole deal. And um, thanks for being maniacs with us. We'll see you soon. See ya.